Hey, Mystic Michaela Spiritual Family. Welcome to Know Your Aura with Mystic Michaela. Today, can empaths be narcissists? What is a dark empath and why do I really hate that term? <laughs> We're going to talk <laughs> about that today, but first, hey, Scotty. Hey, guys. So, Scott. Yes. Scotty. Yes. Do you know what cave syndrome is? Cave syndrome. Yes. Um, is this a test? I don't know. I'm just seeing if you can understand. Okay. Do, you want me, do you want me to give you any hints or anything? It's kind of like a new thing. Actually, a psychiatrist down here in Miami coined the term. Um, his name's Dr. Bregman. And he said that a lot of us are experiencing cave syndrome. Is it? Does it have something to do? Okay, I think I got this one. Okay. It has something to do with our love for those cavemen on the Geico commercials. Kind of, yes. That would be it, right? Yeah. Okay. So because of COVID, we all have gotten so used to being isolated and alone and not really leave our houses. And now it's just amped up a lot of anxiety and fear and people are having a really hard time leaving their houses now to even do basic things. Yeah. Okay. I, I, yeah, I, I think I have that a little bit, I, I um, am. but I think I had that before the pandemic also. You did, but like, I'd love if you, like, I definitely feel this. Like yeah. I would push myself to do things in the past that now after this year, oh, I don't have to push myself to do that. So like even going to the grocery store or something, it's like, what's the point? I can just get anything on Amazon, but sure. you will go do all that stuff. No problem. Right. But like socializing for you. I feel like that's been hard. Well, I mean, I think, I mean, first of all, throughout the pandemic, I think we've been pretty safe, we, as safe as we can be. I mean, mm-hmm. we did take a couple trips to, to Key West. And, yeah. You know, we stayed at a few hotels. Yeah. Uh, did some small road trips. Well, it's like common sense, safety um, stuff. Yeah. yeah. I went to that rave um, in New Jersey. Well, the rave was iffy. Yeah. <laughs> was, I mean, there was only like 3,000 people there with no masks. Iffy. But yeah. Yeah, that was a little iffy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so... So I mean, and I'll, I'll, and here's the thing. I actually tell you this, and it's my, I don't I don't know if I'm getting off topic here a little bit. But yesterday, it. yeah. Now we are fully vaccinated. Yes. We both have both our shots. We went through the weird phase of that second shot, where you're. I was just like, what is going on here? And felt really weird about it. But anyway, yeah, that's over effects, now. Side effects, right? Little side effects. And you know, we went to our favorite Greek restaurant. Yes, Chris's Taverna. Not an ad. We just Not love an it. Lantana. I think we've even mentioned it <laughs> so a few times. Good. We love it there. Um, but we did not go the entire pandemic. No. I think we did like take out a couple it times. It wasn't the same. Yeah, it was not the same. <laughs> but, and it was just me and you, the kids were in school. <sighs> <sighs> and for the first, like really for the first time since it started, the pandemic started, it actually felt like incredible, like to, to, to be there again. Uh, it felt like normal. Uh, we just, you know, ate out, we did eat outside, but it was really... I mean, the, the the waiters and waitresses still remembered us. It was kind of fun. Yeah. It, it was like we went back to a place that we hadn't been in so long. Yeah. And then I kind of felt like, oh, wow, I really missed going here. And I'm like, hey, can we go back again next week? See, that was, yeah, You, I noticed that about you because we've gone out to eat and stuff like that. Yeah. But like yesterday was the first time you were like, maybe because you're fully vaccinated now, it's kind of like the time, this is it for you. And yeah. you were like really comfortable. I've never, I was never scared of COVID. You know, I've never, I respect it healthily and I put in all the precautions and, and obviously all that. I was just never, never personally, that's not what gave me anxiety. Yeah. Like I truly loved being told not to go anywhere. <laughs> like I truly, truly yeah. love that. And I wonder how that ties into aura colors. Cause I think a lot of indigos yeah. um, are similar to me. A lot of blues 
And purples, you know, it depends on your other color. It could go either way, right. I would say. Yeah. But, the, I mean, but then the purple yeah. in me is like, there's parts of me like I want the Mystic Michaela spiritual um, family get together. Like I'm like craving that time, like, like last year when we had dancing and we were hanging out. Like I miss that. But yeah, you know. Well, I think what will happen is you'll have, like, a, and again, I don't know what the percentages will be here, but you'll have X percentage, let's say 30% of the people just don't care. They didn't care anyway during the pandemic. Yeah. And they're just going to, they're still living the same way they lived the entire time. Mm-hmm. Then you get like that middle 30%. That you know are going to be cautious, and then step. I think if they take step by step by step, they'll go back to doing everything that they used to do before. Yeah, and then there'll probably be that other third, and maybe that's a you know a lot of the indigos and the and the, and the blues and stuff mm-hmm. that are going to. It's going to take a longer time, and they might not ever get to the that point again, like you were saying, where yeah. they feel totally comfortable, or may, or maybe it'll take a long time for them to feel totally comfortable. Was, that's what I think will happen. I was reading about it and. I was looking at the pictures of the people they were interviewing and there are like, and a lot of them were like blue and their blue was like very, very fuzzy. And a lot of these people were like, I haven't left my house. Like literally they haven't left their house. Like it's not a psychological disorder, I guess is cave syndrome, but they are saying it's akin to like agoraphobia. Agoraphobia, And they're saying that it's also um, like a widespread phenomenon brought on by the COVID um, and the stay-at-home orders and all that. And I guess just it's just interesting to me how society reacts. I think like what you're saying, like there's always going to be a certain percentage yeah. that it's going to take them longer. But some of these people are like, we, I'm not leaving my house. Some of them haven't left their room. Some wow. of them, have, they're like pre-diabetic or they have like some issues or whatever. And they really... They're really scared. They're yeah. very, very scared. I get, yeah. And, it, and I mean, you know, you feel bad. It's going to take a long time. And then... Every single thing around us have, has enabled us to live at like a perfectly fulfilled life at home now. You don't even have to yeah, go to the grocery store. That's true. Yeah. I mean, everything could be done. <laughs> yes. I mean, they've designed it. So yeah. for those people that really do want to stay at home, they they, yeah. they can stay at home. You can have school from home. Yeah. You can work from You can do everything from home. Everything can be done. Zoom. You know, you know we do a lot of stuff on Zoom. Yeah. Or we, I mean, we changed our whole thing. We do all our events on Zoom. Um, we used to do them in the house. We yeah. used to do them at, pla- we rent out places. Yeah. Uh, all your readings, you know, we used to have people come to the house. I know. Now you just do them. It's just phone. All on the phone or by email. So, yes. yeah, I mean, every, you know, some people it's might amazing have, how yeah. adaptable we are. Yeah. I mean, we definitely pivoted the whole entire, our whole entire thing. Yeah. So it's hard on. to unpivot that. Yeah. I think for everybody. And some people might like it better. I mean, I don't mind wearing a mask, to be honest with you. I know you don't. <laughs> You know, one, I look better in a mask. Oh, you know, stop. So you can't, yeah. And second, um, you know, it also prevents other, you know, I've, again, I've always been this way. I just want to preface that one more time. <laughs> I've, you know, I've always tried to be a social distancer. I don't, you know, I've always ran my schedule when I thought things would be the least crowded. Yeah. You know, that's why we eat dinner at like 3.30 in the afternoon uh, when, you know, nobody's there. And, um, yeah, when we go out to eat, yeah, we'll we go, pick we, like 3.30 yeah, for dinner. Try, try yes, but that's been our whole time. lives, yeah. Yeah, and that's all because maybe I'll, I'll pick a table that's a little bit off to the side. No, that's always been you. That's always been me, so. Well, not, I think you've always had a little tinge of social anxiety, maybe. I think it's more the kind of like, don't want to be with the crowd. No, you're kind of red too, so like you're going to have a hard time probably getting vulnerable enough to say that you're scared of this. Okay. Well, anyway. <laughs> You're scared. So, yeah. Okay. Um, um, That's funny. I forgot what I was going to say. But, um, no, you've always been this yeah, way. Yeah, I know. You've yeah, always, always been, been this way. way. But this has exacerbated it. But the thing is, like, wearing the mask, like, it also prevented, you know, 
there's not been like a sniffle in our house for no, the last true. year either. That's been nice. So, you know, I was always scared of like, you know, people give me the flu yeah. or, you know, some other thing too. So I'm okay with wearing the mask. Like I might wear it for the rest of my life. Well, I don't like the mask. You don't like the mask? No. You don't like it? I, I love it. I can't breathe. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I'm willing to make that sacrifice. <laughs> All right. All right. So we got a few ads and then we're going to be talking about what this dark empath yeah oh which i just don't agree with that sounds scary yeah i don't agree with calling well i'll get into it wait am i first of all, am i a dark empath well i'm gonna get into it okay let's get into it after this okay but first scott we have to talk about your favorite thing how we all smell around here you know you love how our hair smells like mango rose pear eucalyptus which is your favorite scott when My- you smell us all um, I like the eucalyptus. Yeah. I like the pear. Mm-hmm. I like the banana strawberry. Okay, that doesn't exist. No? <laughs> well, these are just some of the amazing scents available with Function of Beauty's customized shampoo and conditioner. Now, Function of Beauty is the world leader in fully customized hair care. I mean, you just go on, you put in what your hair goals are in this quiz. They make you a very unique formula and they send you something to make your hair look and feel its best. Every product is sulfate and paraben free, vegan, cruelty free. And there are over 60,000 real five-star customer reviews. You feel very comfortable using it on yourself, on your kids, because it is vegan and it's cruelty free and it's paraben free and it's nothing artificial about it. And Function of Beauty fans are absolutely wild about the fragrances and for good reason. Your hair has never smelled so amazing, people. Try Tropical Mango. There you go, Scott. Sweet Peach. Crisp pear or subtler scents such as lavender, rose, and eucalyptus. If fragrance is not for you, that's okay. You can get unscented as well. And you can also put in how much of a scent you want, like light, medium, or a lot. You can pick that too. You know, I have to do a spotlight on the eucalyptus today because I will use that if I'm having a hard time getting up in the morning because eucalyptus has that invigorating essential oil smell that just gets you kind of charged and ready to go and it makes you just all right i'm awake now it's like it's better than coffee um and it makes you smell real good um so turn your beauty routine into an aromatherapy session basically a tropical getaway even so go to functionofbeauty.com slash kya to take your quiz and save 20 percent on your first order that applies to their full range of customized hair skin and body products. There's so much to choose from on there. That's functionofbeauty.com slash KYA to let them know you heard about it here and to get 20% off your order. That's functionofbeauty.com slash KYA. You know, I just did that video. Um, I never usually go on my stories. Like my yeah. video, number one I got was like, oh my gosh, your hair looks so good. Your hair, your hair, your hair. Because I've been using Function of Beauty for like a year and a half now. Well, I will tell you. <laughs> and... We'll go off the ads for a second. Okay. So, uh, you know, I take showers now more regularly. Oh, that's good. Like, I know a lot of you knew, like, if you go back to the early episodes of the podcast, you know I wasn't really showering that much. Mm. And I wasn't showering with soap um, if I was showering. But every day, you know, I see the Function of Beauty bottle in the shower, and then there's, like, the brand, you know, the whatever, the store generic brand. Yeah. You know, and I debate, you know, should I get that? You know, I want to use the Function of Beauty one every time. Yeah. But I feel, you know, my empathic self feels bad that's your blue Be- yeah my blue comes out yeah. in the shower because you know you and brie and abby all love it 
And so I just use the generic. You're like, oh, it's a yeah. generic crappy brand, yeah. lonely, yeah. and doesn't feel loved anymore. Right. You know, we stuck it in your shower. Yeah, I know you did. So that you guys, so that you would use that, and then we take all the function of beauty in our shower. <laughs> yeah, but you guys, you guys left the function of beauty. We in leave there. the ones that are getting low. Oh, is that what you guys? Yeah, have been like doing? when they get low, we give them to you. Yeah, and then we just like put the yeah. full ones towards us. Yeah, and then when I get a haircut, <laughs> you know, my my hairdresser will be like, "What are you using on your hair?" <laughs> and I'll be like, "Well, I got this really generic crappy time shampoo. To, yeah, it's like ninety nine cents." The low function of beauty. All right. Scott. All right. But we also have to talk about how, man, you've been looking dapper lately. Thank you. Real styled. Oh, yeah. We know you don't like shopping for clothes, that it can be stressful for you, Scott. So we've let Stitch Fix make it easy by doing the work for you so you can spend more time doing things that you love instead. Mm-hmm. And you get that wonderful box of Stitch Fix and you open it up and you have been looking real good. I feel that I dress better than David from Shit's Creek. Yeah, I yep. mean, you have a different style. That sure. Oh, my gosh, I would love <gasps> your what? Ned Stitch Fix. I want to put in, like, because you can put in style notes. Like, okay. make him look like David from Shit's Creek. Creek. And I'd love to see what the stylist puts in the box. All right, <gasps> we do that next. Oh, my God. Why didn't we do that? I'm doing it on our next fix. Okay. All right. Stitch Fix offers clothing hand-selected by expert stylists for your unique size, style, and budget. It's a completely different and fun way to find clothes that you will love to wear. Every piece is chosen for your fit and your life, and it's the easy solution to finding what makes you look and feel your best. You know, I don't always like to go out. Obviously, I have cave syndrome, and <laughs> I don't want to go try on a bunch of clothes in a dressing room, and it gets frustrating. So why not just try on pieces at home before you buy? You keep what you love, and you return what you don't. Stitch Fix has free shipping, easy returns and exchanges, and a super-duper easy prepaid return envelope is always included. There is no subscription required. Try Stitch Fix once or set up automatic deliveries. You'll just pay a $20 styling fee for each box, which will get credited towards any pieces you keep, and there are no hidden fees ever. Stitch Fix has style and clothing to fit any occasion for women, men, and kids. They ship all over the U.S., and they're available in the U.K. as well. I... Everything in my closet Stitch Fix now. I wear it all the time. It's all I have. Get started today at stitchfix.com slash KYA and you'll get 25% off. And that was the cat just completely knocking over all of our audio equipment. But let's keep going. That's stitchfix.com slash KYA for 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. That's stitchfix.com slash KYA. My daughter is 12 now, and she's always kind of going out around the neighborhood with her friends or taking little bike rides by herself. And I'll tell you, I have felt a lot safer about that since giving her um, She's Birdie. So before you leave the house, you do your checklist for your phone, your keys, your wallet, and it's time to add one more thing before you walk out that door. Birdie is the newest essential addition to your routine. Birdie is a personal safety alarm, and it's easy to use and easy to carry. Um, When you activate your birdie with just one quick pull, the alarm will emit a loud 130 decibel siren and a flashing strobe strobe light to help deter an attack. Unlike pepper spray or other deterrents, birdie is no danger to you. You feel confident to use it without the worry. You know, even my 12-year-old, you know, we practiced using it. You just pull it. It makes 
an extremely loud noise. And then you, you know, when you want it to stop, you just push it back in. But there it goes. It's very easy to use. It's very comforting to have. And it's actually super cute to carry. Um, the alarm comes in multiple colors and has a brass keychain. I got mine in my aura color indigo. Brianna has a red one for her aura color. And, you know, you just attach it to your keys, your bag, or if you're running, you can attach it to your sports bra or anything like that. It's super um, light. Over 300,000 birdie alarms have been sold and they have thousands of five-star reviews. So join the flock today for a safer tomorrow. Right now, She's Birdie is offering our listeners 15% off your first purchase when you go to she'sbirdie.com slash KYA. Go to She's Birdie, spelled S-H-E-S-B-I-R-D-I-E dot com slash KYA for 15% off your first purchase. Makes such a good gift for the women in your life. That's she'sbirdie.com slash KYA. I'll tell you, when you give it as a gift, people get really happy. Yeah. I I bring it on my uh, bear hunting expeditions. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I'm a big bear hunter. Yeah. Yeah. You would never, you're a bear like watcher. (laughs) Okay. You would never kill a bear. Super not. You're like super against it. Man, I can't get anything by you today. <laughs> All right. So the cat was good during that last oh my God. ad. So that was good. He just totally spazzed out on us during ads. Yeah. What was that? He just totally spazzed out. I don't know. Yeah. He took a leap. Maybe he saw that uh, GMA today. They had this cat. Oh my God. That jumped out of like a seven foot building. Yeah. Seven story building. Not w- foot. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> the loft today. Seven story building. And there was one that did jump off the seven foot building. Okay. That was the miniature one. Yes. Miniature. Okay. Yes. That was a chipmunk. Hello. Okay. But, uh, and the cat landed perfectly on its feet. Yeah. Maybe so he was inspired. Maybe he was inspired because he was watching that this morning. So let's talk about some dark empath All right, stuff and what the heck that means. There has been a term popping up in, quote, spiritual community, quote, lately. And I wanted to address it. And that term is dark empath. And to me, I feel like it's a myth. It's not real. Um, and it's actually quite dangerous because it seems like in the community, they're romanticizing it, which seriously concerns me because this can be a tool which can further the behaviors of narcissists. This can perpetuate gaslighting. This is something that people who are susceptible to narcissists, these are people in narcissistic relationships and whatnot, you know, could be told by these toxic and manipulative people, oh, I'm a dark empath. I can't help it. And they're kind of billing them as like the anti-heroes, like Severus Snape from Harry Potter or Edward Cullen from Twilight. Like they don't mean to be mean. It's just they are. And at the end, they do something good, which makes it all understandable. Like we're dealing with some sort of tortured yet well-intentioned soul. I don't mean to be narcissistic and selfish. It's just who I am. It's the burden I carry. I don't mean to use all your secrets and and manipulate you with them. It's just how I work. Oh, okay, sorry. All right, I'll understand you. You're a dark empath. No, because I can see just these toxic people thinking this is some sort of okay and mysterious and powerful and acceptable way to identify now, and it's not, okay? It's someone being a jerk, and it's a choice. Preface, I am super not a professional, and what you know, we're about to talk about does sometimes skim things that professional psychologists and psychiatrists do diagnose. So that is not me, but this is my energetic take on what I believe is the myth of dark 
empaths. So I've been seeing the term dark empath, like I said, pop up a lot online lately, and it just rubs me the wrong day, wrong way. And indeed, it's a, a new term that came out recently. And you know, as I looked into it, I use the lens of how I usually do with these things, auras and empaths, and you know, our connection to one another. So before I before I get into how I see all this, I want to first clear up what they're saying a dark empath is, and then I'll go into my take on it with auras, okay? So first I'll explain it, and then we'll get into what I feel like my take is on it, because this isn't like a new thing. It's just like a different way of explaining what I've been saying um, about choices, but we'll get into it. So being an empath is a gift, okay? But being good is a choice. It's a choice, We aren't inherently bad or good. We just are, and we make choices. We've all made choices, good ones and bad ones. And there are, of course, personality disorders, which do occur. And for whatever reason, there are people who come to act a certain way habitually. Over time, it becomes a behavior, becomes a pattern, it becomes their way of being. So when you start to look up what a dark empath is, you're going to run into something else called the dark triad. Triad? Triad? I'm going to go with triad. I might be wrong, but... T-R-I-A-D. This term came about in 2002 by Paul House and Williams. Um, It's like a real thing. It describes the personality characteristics of narcissism, Machiavellism, and psychopathy. And these sum up kind of the traits of, you know, inauthenticity, aggressiveness, coldness, all of that. Ones in which people who are diagnosed with do score low on tests for empathy. But what about when people who have selfish motivations, still know exactly what you're thinking, still know what you need to hear, still understand your insecurities. And people who use those insecurities to get what they want, what are those people then? The ones that confuse us. How are intuitive and empathic people not good? We're going to talk about that. So this is a bridge the gap type situation going on between the dark triad and the opposite of that which is empaths. All right. And that's the dark empath. So it's like a bridge between the, you know, the dark triad and empath, the dark empath. So they hold the traits of the dark triad and they're able to feel others' feelings as their own. So they can kind of have those selfish and inauthentic and aggressive and cold motivations, but they're also able to feel your feelings as their feelings and use them to get what they want. So let me go into some types of empathy because this is important to understand more about the dark empath thing. So first is cognitive empathy. So that's the ability to understand what a person feels and how they may be thinking. This includes an ability to communicate emotion, explain back to the other person what they're picking up. Cognitive empathy is usually held by these so-called dark empaths and if you've ever met a narcissist like or like a sociopath, like they get it too. They understand what cognitively other people's motivations are or what other people may be feeling. They can do that. But then there's emotional or effective empathy, and that's the ability to actually share the feelings of another person. Their pain is your pain. This allows for deep emotional connections. And honestly, this is what I see with many of you guys. Effective empathy, emotional empathy. And then there's compassionate empathy or empathic concern, they call it. And this goes beyond just sharing another's concerns or feelings. It moves somebody into action. So these are the people who will see the homeless man on the street 
and basically stop to feed them and, and be like, hey, where are you sleeping tonight? Or the person who pulls over on the six-lane highway to rescue the dog they see at the side of the road. Or the person who sees a huge issue in society and they organize some sort of movement to bring awareness to it. So it's like compassion, empathy. So those are more like the movers and shakers. So I'll see that with like, with like um, kind of like the yellow with an empath color, like yellow blues or green indigos or, you know, your, your red blues, you know. So that, I'll see that with those combos kind of more like leadership and empathy and action together like that. Usually with the emotional affective empathy, those um, – a lot of us kind of will feel a feeling and then get stuck in it. You know, somebody else, we're really good one-on-one support units for people. But then cognitive empathy, that's like, that's like something it's kind of, um, yeah, it's like, it's a, it's a higher level, but it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily need you to feel the same feelings as other people. So they say that dark empaths are those who possess the ability to feel other fe- others feelings but use them to manipulate and fuel their own interests and they have that cognitive empathy so that they know what to say and how to say it but there's kind of like an emptiness to it or a feeling of fakeness or there's just like something behind it it's hard to see usually you can kind of feel it at first then you'll ignore it and then like later when the whole re- relationship blows up you're like yeah okay <laughs> So here's when or- where auras come in. Now, I've been talking about this for a long time. I just never used the term dark empath because, like, I would never use that term to describe this. But um, in episode six, okay, uh, empaths versus narcissists, right around the 22-minute mark, you will find my explanation um, that I've always had for this. Because in every personality, in every empath personality, in every aura color, honestly, there's room for darkness because we have a choice. We have free will. God, spirit, whatever you want to call it, gave us free will. It's the most powerful thing that we have. Because if we didn't have the ability to choose, it wouldn't mean anything. The ability to choose makes it meaningful. The good things we do wouldn't be as good if there wasn't some sort of alternate and more selfish way we had to choose from. And every one of us controls that choice every single day, multiple times a day. We all delve into dark empathy, so to speak, every once in a while, your shadow side. I'm sure you can think of times that you did something not so nice so as to manipulate a situation to your own gain, okay? It's kind of a human thing to do. It's survival at times even. Sometimes it's innocuous, not a big deal, whatever. You know, some of us went through phases, okay? But some of us, some of us make that choice more often than not. To, to make the wrong choices. And then it becomes a habit. Then your ego gets involved. Because then your ego, which is the part of you, that's, you know, it's your human part of you, that shuts down your soul speak and makes it completely about the here and now and survival. Your ego comes in and will make that a habit, a way of life, a vibration, a mindset. And I feel like that's what they're trying um, to refer to with the term dark empath. It's just somebody that makes the wrong choice over and over again because their ego has manipulated them really into feeling like that's the easiest way through this time, this life. Oftentimes when I read people, when I read you guys on the phone or whatever, I'll get to somebody, like you'll send some, me somebody, you know, I'll do it. <laughs> like an ex or um, a mother-in-law or, you know, the friend that did you wrong or something. And they will, you know, they're going to have an empath aura. Like it's, it's very rare. I read somebody without it. 
you know, blue, purple, indigo even. And, and like the person that I'm reading for is like confused. Like, how could they be blue? They did this to me and this to me and this to me. And like the thing is people can have an empath aura, but at some point they made some sort of choice. Like they started to make a choice somewhere that to, to survive or to get ahead or to do life. They would use these gifts of feeling other people's feelings as their own to manipulate and coerce instead. It doesn't mean they're intrinsically bad. It just means that they've used ego logic to outweigh their own conscience, to outweigh their own soul. It's holding them back, but it's a choice they made somewhere along the line. And I'll get into that more in a second, but these people can use their own thinking, their own sufferings to feel correct in taking advantage from others, like stealing from a wealthier friend because they feel like, oh, well, she has more. She doesn't need it. I can take that. Or sleeping with a best friend's boyfriend because, well, she's pretty and she always has love and she finds it all the time. Why does she get everything? Or deciding to cheat the system because, you know, I need it more than other people, so I'm just going to use it. I don't care. I'm going to sign up for it. I need it just as much. Uh, you know, they talk themselves into it when they don't. And what's funny is, like, empaths have a hard time taking things. They do. Like, unless they're really, really, really tapped out. They have a real hard time taking things. Because um, they have this innate thing, like, oh, I should leave it for other people. Okay? So just think about that. When, when if, you're, if you really need help, please take it from people. You know, please receive if you really need help because I just see a lot of empaths not doing that. But anyways, I digress. So let me talk about it in each empath color. So I'm going to talk about how purples, blues, and indigos can make bad choices and what that looks like patterned over time. So in purples, I will see this darkness of empathy or dark empath thing show up as manipulation, collecting secrets, taking them and storing them. So if you want to leave leave the relationship in some way or go against them or speak up, they will blackmail you with gossip and secrets. They get your trust to get your vulnerability and then they know where to strike you. They use empathy to do this. They open up to you, you open up to them. They weren't lying to you. You felt them connect with you. But then they turned And they often have this intuitive knowledge of you and they will just do this to get their way in the world. They do this with everybody. They're like collectors of secrets and vulnerabilities. Like, I don't know if you've ever had that friend that tells you something bad about themselves and then they like wait for you to say something bad about yourself now. Let's be even. I just told you about me. Now you go. Your turn. Watch out for that. That's a big red flag. Blues. Victim blues, man, okay? They feel the world is and always has been against them. So it's okay if they take advantage where they can. Hey, they're the victims. So when it's time to cheat someone or steal or tear someone down, like they're owed it. That's how they feel. That's how their ego has manipulated them into feeling. They can talk themselves into feeling okay about it, even empowered about it, because they themselves are the victim of absolutely everyone they meet. In relationships, they're often super underhanded in their dealings. Everything is a setup. In a relationship with someone like this, you'll often feel like you can't do one thing wrong and you have to be a constant step ahead of them pinning something on you. You're like constantly pre-thinking. If I don't text, then they're going to think this and they're going to do this. So I better text. I better, you know, it's too much. They can never be wrong, by the way. They're absolutely allergic to personal responsibility and they can get others on their side through victimization and manipulation. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Indigos. This is really hard to understand, but indigos can operate from their shadow side too, from that darkness. This is the part of them that understands how to go through others' boundaries and cross them. I will see indigos having inappropriate relationships with others because of this. They'll sneak their way in to someone's heart and take someone from the inside out, basically. They're able to find the heart and soul of someone and use it to steer that person exactly where they want them to go. This is a combination of the blue and the purple in a way, whereas it's manipulation through intuition and also through a victimization of self, making the person that they're operating through feel like they are protecting them. So they get the person on their side, convinced and ready to strike away anyone with a helping suggestion or thought. They are super codependent about it. And they don't think that they're doing anything wrong. They have convinced themselves that this is what love is, being like one person and isolating the rest of the world away. They'll do this with friends. They'll do this with lovers. It's like an isolation thing. And if you talk to someone else or if you go outside of it or if you have your own things going on or hobbies or whatever, they can feel really triggered. But, I mean, I wouldn't call any of that dark empath stuff. I would just say that those are empaths whose ego took over. And I, I, I've always said the hijacked, their ego hijacks the color. That's, that's really how I see it. When your ego hijacks your aura color, this is what it looks like. I wouldn't call it dark empath. I'd call it, like, ego hijack. That's what I'd call it. The term dark empath itself feels like a manipulation, honestly, because it suggests that there isn't a choice here. <laughs> like it's someone who just wants to do good for others, but does so with such a burden in their soul. You know, they, they understand others' motivations so as to deceit them. Empaths understand motivations, uh, others' motivations as to help them. There is no deceit. Like when you're an empath, you understand other people so as to help them. The problem with empaths who choose to go down this road of toxicity is that they lose the light in them. They distance themselves from self and spirit. So being a dark empath is not a way of light. This isn't how you get closer to yourself at all. This is like a behavioral issue. This is an ego hijack of your soul. So labeling it like it's some sort of authentic way to be I get really nervous for people because I don't want them to think that that's okay to make these choices because what they're doing is they're getting further away from source and spirit. When I was doing my research, like a lot of professionals aren't sitting well with the term dark empath. A lot of doctors, psychologists, because um, it has the word empath in it. It's misleading. You give up that right to be called an empath when you go for like malevolence at all. When I see a real empath, they have more of a glow or loving vibe to them, like a feeling of warmth, like in their aura. 
Okay. When I read someone who just mirrors empathy to others to get what they want, they look like flatter or dull or like it's buried or it's muted or it's trapped or something like that. They have more of a selfish vibe, more caustic. And here's how you really can tell if somebody is like this. They make your stomach hurt to be around them. It's like walking on eggshells and you feel like you can't trust them. It's exhausting to be around them. So how do you spot these people? So they're calling them dark empaths. I'm not calling them that. Okay. I refuse having a little <laughs> one lady soapbox moment about it. Probably with like three people who even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm calling it an ego hijack. How can you tell when the ego hijacks someone's empath color? Okay. One. But this is honestly what I'm about to talk about. These are kind of like some of these are narcissistic traits. Or maybe those even like the Machiavellian traits. Malicious humor. Oh, I've never talked about this before, have we? I've had experiences in my life with people who laugh at the expense of others. I'm sure you've all had. And it's different than like a prank. That's different, okay? A prank, like a joke, you know, like your buddy, somebody that you really know, they pull a prank on you, fine, okay? I'm talking about like sick, sick humor. Once when I, um, I was given a fake lottery ticket to open on Christmas. It was Christmas morning, got a fake lottery ticket. And I believed it was real. I really did. And I was super excited. I was like 19 at the time. I had no money. This person knew I had no money. I had no money to pay for college or books or anything, you know. And like they let me go on for a while. Like I was really excited. I feel really bad. It's shameful, honestly. I, and then they laughed at me. Like it ruined Christmas. I've had like, I mean, it was, it was really upsetting, honestly. Like it was one of because it was like, who did it to me too? That was really upsetting. Anyways, it was malicious. This person was always like that, you know? Um, I was at a dinner once with a very distant relative, very distant, who passed around a picture on their cell phone of like this disgusting, like really dead, like disgusting, like dead animal. It was like very, again, I know, isn't that weird? Like, what was that? And this, this person was one paying for the meal. So it was a nice restaurant. They're paying for the meal. They're all dressed up. It was like, oh, this is like nicer than we normally go out to eat. This is a really nice place. Um, and I just felt right in, by the way, green and blue aura, blue, okay? And I just felt radiating out of him this need to make us all look at it. Like as the phone was being passed around, like I'm staring at him and he's laughing like this gleam in his eye. I didn't see like any other time. Like I've known him. Okay. And it's this gleam in his eye as we're all like gagging and like, Oh, oh, this is disgusting. Looking at it. And he's watching our expressions. And and as we're all getting sick, looking at this horrific picture with our food in front of us, it's like he was taking pleasure from us looking at it because we felt like we had to be polite because he was paying for this like great meal. Like he was above us. And he like got off on it. Like that's sick, right? I'm sure. Think about that person in your life. That's that's a way to spot these ego hijacked empath people. Guilt. They will use guilt tripping as a total manipulation tool and they're good at it. They will stuff those secrets away about you and bring them out when they want something from you. Kind of like your, your friend from school, you know, who maybe like stuck up for you at the playground like 15 years ago. And like they, you know, hey, I, I was your friend when you were, I don't know, Braces McGee or whatever they were calling you. 
and like make you like remember like, oh yeah, I was ugly as a kid. Oh yeah, you were nice to me. Oh, all right. I'll go do this thing with you. I don't want to do. Okay. Guilt tripping, manipulation. You got to watch all that. Their kindness and words feel fake. This is where you got to really rely on you, on how you feel inside. These are the things we tend to shove away as empaths, but you cannot ignore this stuff. They have a great way of saying things that are true and they read you well, but there's a catch to it. Maybe it's a lovely dinner together. Oh, they took you out for dinner and then they go in for the ask. Hey, can you do this for me? Hey, can you do that for me? Like they'll get you to do a favor right after they make you feel obligated to, but they only know you feel obligated because they're tapped into your motivations and who you are as a person. Like, oh, this person, you know, you just helped me move. Now you're asking me for 200 bucks. Oh, um, I guess I have to, otherwise I'm a bad person. Like, you know what I mean? So you got to watch that kind of stuff. They spread rumors. You hear them gossip often, but it's like a way of life for them. They say things that are really out there, that are damaging, that could really hurt people. The scary thing about this dark empath thing, okay, um, is that I'm sure all of you are already like during this, hearing this, are like, is that me? <laughs> like, is that me? Am I, I'm going to get a bunch of DMs like, am I a dark empath? It's like, no, there's no such thing as a dark empath. Has your ego ever hijacked your aura colors? Yeah, they sh- it sure has. Mine too, Okay. And it's okay. It doesn't mean that you've fallen off the empath wagon. We have all used our ability to survive at times to get what we want. Our ego has hijacked. Your, our egos have all hijacked our empath colors from time to time. There have been times in our life when we've been really irresponsible, when we've done the not so good stuff. Um, yeah, it's okay. Your ego has done that to you. But the people who never get it, the people who stay toxic, people who stay dark, the people that don't take personal responsibility. Those are the ones you got to watch out for, you know, because there's an in-between. There is definitely in-between between like these narcissists types, that dark triad type and empaths. There is an in-between for sure. There's good people that do bad things. And that's just because what happens is they got into the pattern of letting their ego run the show instead of their soul. So, you know, the choices define us in life. The choices always define us. The ability to stand in the truth, to, to like feel that light shine on your wounds, your inner misdeeds, you know, our true motivations <laughs> and be honest about it with ourselves. That's the work. You're going to have the motivation. You know, you're going to have the motivation to take the thing you're not supposed to take or to be with the person you're not supposed to be with. Or to say the thing you're not supposed to say. Of course you're going to have that motivation. Of course that option's like, ding, 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 hey, I'm here. Now the choice is what's going to define you. And then the pattern of choices, even more so. And that's the work. And you you always have to work on your intentions. What are my intentions? What are my intentions? Every time I personally do anything, I try to do that. You know, what are my intentions today? What am I going for? What are my real intentions? You know, you have to kind of really kind of go through that with a fine tooth comb and see what's in there that's ego related and weed it out or at least look at it and then read in other people's too. What's their intention? Intention's so important and monitoring our own intention. That's the work you're doing here in this lifetime and being honest about it too. You know, that's the hardest part. Hey, Scotty. Hey. So I just had a bit of a rant. 
Okay, it happens. Red rant? Well, you're not red. I I know, an indigo rant maybe. I I get a little protective of my empaths. I don't like them to be taken over by people that make nasty choices and thinking that they're still empaths even though they're doing things that are self-serving. That's not what an empath does. I understand that. I get I mean, really I stressed get, out. I get very protective of my empaths too. So yeah, you know, when if I feel if someone's taking advantage of them, yeah, I'm right there stepping in. Yeah, and know, I can't I, handle it. Like they're being called like like they're they're trying to self-identify now the people that make bad choices or let the ego hijack their empathy. Yeah, you know, like oh no, this is who I am. It's like no, it's not. It's not. Not a good choice, but. We did a segment. Yes, we did. Why don't you introduce it? Yeah. So the the other day, um, I was in one of our groups. We we do have groups on um, Zoom discussion groups, and uh, I actually stayed for the entire time. They let me stay, and usually they just kick me out and they tell me go away. We don't want you here anymore. <laughs> you know, after like two minutes, they're like, "Bye, Scott. Bye. Don't you have things to do?" And this group actually let me stay, and you know, I, we just had like a Q and A, and they asked me like a lot of questions and. You know, one member of our group who's been a member for a long time, Juan, asked a tough question. He asked me some tough questions. Oh, yeah, he's green. Um, so I thought, hey, you know, wh- why not do a little Q&A? Uh, and we opened it up to the Mr. McCallum Spiritual Family on Facebook. And we said, hey, ask us anything. And, I mean, and, you know, we got things that were very inappropriate <laughs> that were sent to my no. D- DMs that, you know, I can't answer. I'm here. You know, maybe, <laughs> you know, maybe I could do it in private, but I can't really answer around here. But, but um <laughs> Sorry about that. But we uh, we opened it up to to see what they'd come up with, and they came up with, you know, all sorts of things, and I think we'll just answer some of them. Okay. And all right, so let's take turns. You go first. I go first? Okay. All right, go ahead. All right. All right. All right, so I have La Vang writes, Scott, did you think M.M. was weird when you found out about her abilities and then three smiley faces? <laughs> well, this is very easy to answer. Now, I thought she was weird before I knew about the abilities. <laughs> and I think she's weird now. Weird's like your type. Yeah. I, you know, um, I, I guess it, I think one – I mean, okay, so to answer that question, I guess because it is addressed to me, um, I knew she had come from a psychic family. And so I was kind of used to that. Um, but I really didn't know that she had the, these abilities for a long period of time other than for, you know, trying to win a horse race or me asking her lottery numbers or things like that. (laughs) Um, and I, you know, so I don't know that I thought it was weird. Maybe I was just more like, oh, okay. And it kind of just kind of brushed it off more Mm -hmm. when I first found out. Would you say I was, I was, I was always, you know, in the beginning when you, when you started the practice, um, I was always like, okay, good job, honey. Keep going, honey. Yeah. Um, you're doing great, you know, but I didn't, I wasn't really invested in yeah. it. I just thought it was kind of like a hobby or something. I didn't, uh, again, I don't, under, I didn't understand any of it. So like, I didn't know, I just like last year I knew what an aura was. So, um, you know, I guess that was, does that answer the question? So. Yeah. I mean, I think like I it was so normal to me and something I didn't think that was special actually right. until even until I was teaching. And then I saw I was like, okay, this is special. But even then, you know, cause things don't happen overnight. You know, I think like when you're, you know, and then I started doing email readings and the aura colors were kind of coming in in different ways, more deeper ways. It's, you know, being 
this way is a muscle. The more you work it, the more, like, well, the stronger you get. Mm -hmm. So then as it was like coming up, and I think you sat down at my, the the computer one day and you were just like, what is she doing on here? (laughs) Yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's actually when I started getting involved because, and I think I might've talked about this before, you know, I I looked at the computer and I saw, because you were just doing email readings at the time. Mm -hmm. um, And I was like, okay. And the, the things that the people were writing back to you, and you were right telling them just from like pictures. I was like, how is that possible? And I came downstairs. And I said, what's going on here? <laughs> what's yeah. going on? And I had no, the thing with auras is, is there's not a lot of information about them no. really. So I have anything that you hear me do with auras. I didn't get from anyone else. Like this is, and, and it's hard for me to take ownership of things. I'm very humble and I want, you know, but I've channeled a lot of this through my work. Right. So the whole like guys, I get. A, I think another question was on here. Like, how do you how do you how do you know so much about auras? Did somebody teach you? It's like now this is stuff that because I tapped into so many people and I've been just like asking and opening up and use and I realize that that's been my tool. Yeah, is that like a lot of this just kind of like came on me and as I was learning, I'd be like, oh my gosh, Scott, this is what I she this lady was blue and then I got this and I noticed this with blue people and I've noticed this with purple. I noticed this red and I'd like so- use you as a great sounding board for me to try to help myself articulate what I was getting. Because a lot of times, like, when spirit drops something on you, right. it's not like, uh, you know, a, a Google Doc that's, like, completely edited. It's just, like, a lot of info and feelings and emotions, and you have to, like, sit there and articulate it. And not just articulate it, but you have to also, like, put it in words other people can feel and latch onto and identify with somehow and touch some other people. So anyway, so that was your role in it, too. Yeah. All right, so to answer that question, do yeah. I think she was weird? Uh, yeah, yeah. We'll say yes. <laughs> All, right. All right, so Katie Hannon asked me, Um, Okay, I think you have mentioned growing up Catholic, and I'm curious how that or any religion fits in with all of this. Your podcast in this group has given me so much comfort and insight about our purpose and what happens after life. But growing up in church, I'm wondering if that fits into all this in any way. Yeah, of course. Like, religion is religion. You know, any religion. This is the stuff that... What I don't feel like spirituality is separate from that. Um, Spirituality can be combined with anything. All I try to do, God lives in you or whatever you want to call it, that lives inside of you. And if there's a way you can brush off stuff to tap into that, to get closer to that voice, to self, spirit, God, whatever you want to call it, that is what this is all I'm trying to do to you. Clear you up, clear other people's stuff out of the way, clear programming, clear any sort of societal constraints that have been chained upon you in your life and get to that voice that you've always had just needs to be uncovered. That's all this is. Um, it's not me doing it. It's you doing it, you know, and any, anything in the spiritual world, it's supposed to be about you uncovering things in you, nothing external, nothing outside yourself. So when we talk about religion, if this can help you, um, in your religion to feel it more or to connect more, to help more, then great. That's all it is in the context of whatever that religion is. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So that's how I view it. So you can be Catholic, you can be Hindu, you can be Jewish, you can be whatever and be spiritual and be connected to that voice and use words that work for you. And yeah, it can absolutely be, actually it could help you in your own religion if that's something you choose to do. All right. All right, this one. I think was addressed to me. It's Debbie Debbie. (laughs) She writes, 
do you guys play Jumanji while <laughs> recording in the studio? Well, our studio is our home right now, and it is the living room, the, the oh, dining room, sorry. Uh, I play. I do. When I say Jumanji, I he actually, does. I do. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Michaela does not. Uh, I try, I've tried to get her to play during recording, but she refuses because, uh, you know, we do have a live studio audience, um, you know, that's made up of, we have like four people here today that are watching <laughs> and I, I do play. So Jumanji, Jumanji, now I have to go take a break and take off my pants. Okay. Okay. No question. <laughs> Great visuals. Yes. All right. Christina Lee asks me, when you see, when you see star seeds, is the star seed part considered one of their colors and then they just wear one color or do they also wear two colors and then you see the star seed part separately or is it different for crystals versus rainbow or does it really depend on the person? Okay. Star seeds. So I don't see a lot of star seeds. Here's the, like, well, the star seeds just back it up a little bit. Like I, I do feel like all of us had some sort of like life at some point that wasn't human. Um, this gets a little complicated, but then some of us have been human more than others. And then the way that I see rainbow auras is that they've been human, um, a few times, but not as much as other people. And then crystals feel like brand new to me, like brand new. This is very recent for them being human. I'll see it kind of like a background and then they'll have like a regular person overlay kind of over it. So figure, think of it like when you put like a scarf over a lamp, that's kind of what it looks like. So the lamp light would be like whatever, their crystal or their rainbow aura, and that's the starseed thing. And then they wear like the scarf colors, like their aura color they're deciding to wear for this lifetime to kind of fit in. Okay. That is interesting. I mean, that a lot of that is like, I'm like, whoa. It's it's hard to explain because yeah. I don't even grasp it all because, you know, I'm just a person and I'll just get things. And I know there's people that do way more about star seats than I do, but I like to give you exactly what I get. I don't want to kind of go off, you know what I mean, and, and go into La La Land or right. conspiracy theory world or whatever. But like, that's what I feel. I okay. feel like there's other places you can live a life similar to humans, but um, maybe a higher vibration. Well, I did sign us up. We are joining the Galactic <gasps> Confederation. Yes. Uh, we have two tickets. It's great. And yes, you don't have to wear a mask. All right. Okay. <laughs> Lindsay writes, I see angel numbers constantly every day, but I don't know what my guides are trying to tell me. Hmm. How can I figure it out? Also, I've asked for signs already. Well, Lindsay, I can easily answer that question for you. Uh, go on to Amazon.com <laughs> or SimonandSchuster.com or BarnesandNoble.com and pre-order the Angel Numbers book by Mystic Michaela that's coming out in November. Red or a shameless plug. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, it's true. I did just write a book about this. Yeah. It's going to be available in November. But no, and the whole point when I was doing the book is because it's true. Like we see these numbers, but they're like, but what do I do? You know, this isn't a one-sided communication thing. So when you start seeing numbers, your angels want you to play back with those numbers. And that's why I'm going to talk about in the book too, like how to form communications with them. So what was her question exactly? Like, what do they mean? Or? Um, exactly was, um, I don't know what my guys are trying to tell me. How can I oh, figure it out? Yeah. So I'm I mean, like, and I have it on my um, on my Instagram, my angel number highlights for kind of like the repetitive numbers. You can go look at those. But really, a lot, of, you have your own angels or your own spirit guides or whatever you want to call them. And they will send you things to kind of, you know, bump you back on the path um, to your soul contract. And so kind of different numbers have different frequencies. So like ones are kind of like, okay, get, get in the right headspace. Or twos are like, okay, you're supported. So there's, or you're building or you're creating or something like that. So, you know, it's just... 
it just means that they're trying to talk to you. And then asking them for further signs is a great idea, which she said she's doing. Because yeah. you can talk back. Yep. Oh, and, and buy the book. Right. Yes. Okay. Um, and I am very thankful for all of you who pre-ordered. Yes. I mean, you guys are like seriously... I was crying. Oh my god! I was like, at, and you were too. You were no, like right there. Dude, like we put it. Okay, so I just shout out to the Miss Michaela spiritual family on Facebook. We put it on the Facebook page. Literally, we were. There's millions of books yeah, being sold on Amazon. on Amazon. We were number five hundred. Yeah. I mean, it's because of you guys. Yeah. I mean, I was just joking when I said buy three copies each. But you know, some people bought eight copies. Uh, you know, April bought uh, one of the, your old clients bought eight copies. Mandy bought seven copies. Know. You know, she's one of the, of the uh, members of the uh, discussion groups. It, it was crazy. It, I know, you know the support. Like oh I, we were, I was like in tears. I was yeah. like, I can't. I was so overwhelmed with gratitude. Yeah. I was like, wow. There's a lot of things I have to do if we make it to the top 100. I heard that yeah. they're gonna have you make do. You know, they do have, something. They have like a list of things they want me to do. You're a little happier about it than they might realize. <laughs> There's only there's I'll, I'll do everything, but there's that one thing I will not do. Okay, okay. that's probably good. Yeah, there's one thing. Um, okay, Isabella V writes. I found out that I'm not an empath based on my human design chart, and now I feel basic. <laughs> Can non-empaths still have certain spiritual gifts? Or are we just the normal people of the world? Also, Jumanji. Um. Okay, I don't know what the human de- design chart is, but here's the yeah. thing. You tell me what you are. Don't let right. other people tell you what you are, okay? Yeah. Like, even when I do aura readings and someone's like, oh, it's like, you know, you, you are you. This is just me trying to see you or, you know, anybody. Don't you, you own that. Right. And by the way, there's more than one type of empath. In my empath uh, workshop, yeah. I yeah, talk well, about this. Read that again. I'm going to go red ran. I'm about oh, to oh, red oh, ran on oh, that oh, one. Okay. I found out that I'm not an empath based on my human design chart. Okay, who, and then like, she wonders if well, she's just a normal person. Well, who, first of all, what is a human, do you know what that is? Yeah, it's like this thing where you put in stuff and then they give you like a chart. And they, like, there's like, they put, and you're not going to understand it. It's very complicated, but they put like shapes over your body. And then like if some, some things are or aren't in different places, it means you're an empath or not. Okay. Now, <laughs> is this a person that does this? What's the cost of this nonsense? Yeah, it's like all that. Okay. Yeah. But like, you, there's like a, a website you can go on to too, I think. Okay. You know what? Don't just throw that out the window. <laughs> like really throw that out the window. If, if you believe that, off of that, no, no, just throw it out the window. I, you, you send me a picture. I'll tell you if you're an empath. You, you email me that. Tell that person to email. I will tell them. If Isabella you're an, V. Isabella, you email me the Mr. Michaela dot, uh, Mr. Michaela yeah. at gmail dot com. Yeah, a picture, and no, I will Mr. tell you. Michaela. Yeah, the Mr. Michaela. I yeah, I, I, I'm so upset. I know. I, I hate when people like. I, hate I know. This kind of thing. Well, I know. Of course, you're special. But yes. here's the thing. There's more. A couple of things about empaths. There's an empath awakening happening. So. When I see children, like 99% of them are empaths, okay? So, like, that's the first thing. And then what happens is we get squashed by the world. So some of us are kind of operating more in, like, a coma-level empath, which I'm sure you can relate to from your past. And some of us are more awakened in it, which is a lot of probably you guys who are listening are. So there's different stages. So some of you are just not awakened yet. There is an awakening happening. Also, there's more than one type of empath. There's, like, emotional empaths that feel other people's feelings as their own as their own. There's pain body empaths, which you can feel somebody who's had specific trauma and you feel it on you, like sexual trauma or abuse or things like, or narcissistic abuse or things like that. There's nature empaths who basically talk to plants. Okay. There's animal empaths. There, you know, the animal communicators, there's, there's different types of empaths and they don't all relate the same. So I would look into the types of empaths that you can be. Yeah. 
you because know, you're something. Because we yeah. all, you know, and you're not a normal person of the world. No, I, that bothers me. We have to bring her over here now and give her hot chocolate. <laughs> yep. We, and make her her, see, our, what, our what, buddy. What was I saying earlier? <laughs> I'm, I'm very protective of my empath. Yes. So since I'm so protective of, I don't even yes. know her. Isabel. Uh, yeah. I'm, I know. I'm protective no. of her right now. She must I want to come over, make her a sandwich. Right. We'll talk. Is it my turn or your turn? I forgot. Oh, it's your turn. Oh, okay. All right. Alyssa writes, does your daughter, I assume Brie, mm-hmm. want to read auras when she's older? Or it could be, maybe it's Abby. Or does she have other dreams? I love that you two share this gift. That's Brie. Okay, so we're talking about Brie. Um, what do you think? Oh, well, I, I, I know Brie has the ability to do it. Yeah. Uh, obviously very, you know, infant stage here. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I don't know if she's fully embraced it yet. Yeah, you what know, she's you 12 yeah. and she uses them for her own, <laughs> like, life. Right. You know, just, like, she doesn't exactly share it with people, but she uses it for her own advantages. Yes. I know that with her, um, just because, like, she's, oh, my science teacher is super green. Um, and she says, and, and I love her. She's great. She, like, under, you know, she understands it for her own life. Yeah. Um, does she want to do it? No. She she told me she wants to be a lawyer. I get like lawyer, judge a lot from her, you know, that kind of thing. I feel like she wants to, she might want to do something different. It's fine. The thing with the aura reading is if she, it's, if she wants to use it to help people, that's fine. If she wants to use it to help people in different contexts, that's fine too. It's yeah. just kind of like part of how we talk around here anyways. So, you know, she can use it to understand people better. Yeah, I mean, with her, it's really. I mean, she's that. She's got that red in her, so it's yeah. It's about motivation. Yes, like you know, there's certain things <laughs> that will motivate her to do it. Yeah, um, like for so, her own, like you know, understanding yeah. grades or the teachers yeah. or how yeah. a teacher works yeah. or operates or yeah. things like that. Right now, that's where she uses it. But I can see her using that because she does. She does like to kind of argue for the good. You know, she's very social justice aware and stuff like that. I can see her using the aura thing to like understand people in the future to try to I don't know move things along where she wants them moved along. Yeah, because she's kind of a big advocate. But we'll see how that. I mean, she's twelve. You know, right. Uh, okay. Oh, this is a good one, Scott. Okay. Okay. Sort of a different kind of question, but here it goes. This is from Elizabeth K. All right. It seems like your business is exploding in a good way, but how are you guys handling it? Megan, you've got a book deal. You've been podcasting like crazy, aura photos, email readings, phone readings, quick reads over DMs, MM discussion groups, monthly webinars. It seems like a lot. Just curious how you both are doing with it and how you avoid burnout. Oh, well, that is a fantastic question. Um, you want me to start with that one? Yeah, go ahead. Well, I will say that it is much more, even though she has listed off all those things that we weren't doing prior, uh, I think it is, we've got it down, it's much more manageable now. We've actually are prepared more. We've created a a better system. Uh, I do recall back in the day when (laughs) you went on Real Housewives, we thought we were so prepared. I remember we were walking on the K, yeah. you know, just strolling, and, the, and we knew the episode was going to air the next day. And we're like, oh, we got this. We got everything. Like, check that box. Yep, we checked that box. Oh, the purple me was running it. Yeah, you <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, I was involved. And, yeah. And not like today, but. Yeah, not like now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we were checking off all the boxes, and, and we were just like strolling, like with our heads high. We're like, yeah, we got this. It's perfect. <laughs> the episode airs. We're waiting. Tick, tick. All of a sudden. Ba-boom, ba-boom, every second. The pay- we had the PayPal buttons on the website. Yeah. Literally, every second. Yeah, it was PayPal, too many PayPal, readings. PayPal, PayPal, reading, reading, reading. Okay. We had to shut it down. Yeah. 
So we, and then you were doing all this, you were at that time, we're doing all your scheduling, yeah. all your write backs, yeah. every single thing. Yeah. And I just recall, you know, looking at the schedule and you'd be like, I have a reading now. It'd be like 930 at night. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, they were all yeah. over the place. And we, I didn't under, and I myself, my, my, my thing here was, I didn't understand the energy behind everything, yeah. which I do today. Yeah. So now- um, what was the person that said? Oh, she's like, how are you handling? No, what was her name? Oh, Elizabeth. So Elizabeth, um, so what I am able to do now, since I'm the indigo whisperer, is I take that, all those things, and I put the amount of energy I know she can do per week, and then we divide it up. Then we can do it. So yeah. it makes it, you know, if we have to take a little bit from this or a little bit from that, we'll do that. But it's much more energetically, how would you say, uh, yeah, I, better but, but, than it was. When you quit, because Scott quit his job, and this year he's been home, like full time. Yeah. Um, I don't have insomnia as bad anymore. I'm a lot, I have less panic attacks, like, because I have you, like, organizing it for me. If I didn't have you organizing it for me, I couldn't do as much as I can do because I um, trust you. And then you, I trust you to deal with everybody kindly and, and everything. So, like, right. it's, it's taken such a weight off of me that I can focus solely on the readings. Right. And the artistic things that I do, and you focus on the back end stuff, um, which I was doing both at the same time. So I was like living two different lives. Right. But it's too like after Real Housewives, it took it from oh this is a hobby to like oh this is like a right. healthy part time gig. Maybe right. even full time after that. I can't remember. Maybe um, like slightly. I yeah, say, yeah, in I between. After, I would say after Housewives, you were full time. Yeah, and then. I always think, I was like, do I make more as a teacher or doing this? And I feel like after that, it was like, wait a second, I'm getting towards the teacher thing because I gave up teaching to do it. So that was always like my bar. Yeah. Yeah. And I I would guess, yeah, I would say that's correct. Yeah. But and then, you know, there's been like, I mean, there's also ups and downs here. I mean, not ups and downs. There's like more more like flat and then spikes. Yes. So, you know, we'll go through time periods where things will be quiet for a few weeks and then all of a sudden... You know, you get some shout out or you go on some show. Or like Caitlin Bristow's podcast was yeah. like, whoa, okay. yeah. <laughs> like that was a whole new right. level. And then, and then when the spikes happen, I don't know how to deal with them. Right. But like, I think we've gotten better because of you. Yes. So the, finally, the last, we had a huge spike. Um, I think it was I girl, Girls Gotta Eat. Yeah, Girls Gotta Eat. Yeah. And we were prepared. Finally, yes. after all those we're so spikes, proud of ourselves. we were so proud of ourselves <laughs> because we actually had it down. Now it took many it took years. It takes a really like we're long very slow time. learners. We we're, are. We, yeah. <laughs> you know, most people probably would have had this down yeah. right in the beginning. But uh, you know, it took us years to figure it all yeah. out. But now, even though we have probably the most things going on that we've ever had, yeah. we have it managed better. But we're always working. Like yeah, you and I. We're always thinking. We're always working, thinking. Yeah. Like, but it's a weird it's a weird schedule. It's not like yeah. that typical nine to five. It could be you know, 1030 at night where yeah. we're all of, a, all of a sudden putting something together. Or, or like it'll be 11 p.m. and we're in bed and I'm like, did you write back so-and-so? <laughs> right. And you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, then there's times that, you know, where it's just a lot of downtimes too. So yeah. it's, it's not like, uh, it's not like your typical, that nine to five. But you know? That's sweet of you to ask. That's a really good question. Yeah. 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 Sometimes it's not a lot going on. And sometimes it's like, well, I'm super busy. Yeah. There's sometimes it's like, what is going on here? All right. Uh, we have time for one or two Maybe more. One more. Yeah. All right. I'll do one more and then you do one more. Okay. All right. Has anyone ever been really unkind to you or called you at names because of your gift? Oh, okay. So obviously yeah. for me, I'll start. Yes. I've been 
<laughs> nasty DM'd many times. Uh, no, stop. <laughs> you know, people told me to meditate underwater. Uh, what about you? Have you uh, no one's ever been mean to you, right? Have they? No, yeah. No, yeah? I have. Um, Jasmine asked I'm this. very, very sensitive. Mm-hmm. And so I tell people all the time, um, yeah, don't, don't, I don't look up negative things or anything online at all. Like I don't. Like right. I stay in my lane because I can't handle it. I'll shut down. Like seriously, yeah. you probably will never see me again. Like I can't handle it. So I've learned to just train my eyes and I do not seek any negativity. But uh, yeah, a few times I've had, you know, and I hate to say it because most husbands and boyfriends are loving and supportive and wonderful and they're very nice and they understand that I'm not trying to like change their the person that I'm reading or, or you know, get them to like control right. them or whatever. But I have had a few, um, well, I had this one, she was in a, an abusive relationship and she, she, just in the email reading, it just came up and she told me that she feared for her and her children's life with her husband. And I'm like, this is not even a psychic thing. Like, here's the national support number. Get help. That's not normal. That's not a normal feeling. Like, if that's even beyond psychic. That's just like, listen, like, get out of there. You know what I mean? Like, and he's not changing. Well, I got threatened by him. Um, it was really scary, actually. Yeah. And that's when you get scared, like, oh, my God, do people know where I live? You know, like, stuff like that. That's happened a couple times with people who have had relationships where... Um, their relationship isn't going very well and there's something going on. And then, I don't know, if you, if you come after the psychic, like it's really an issue because. (laughs) Yeah. You've had a few of those where the, where the husband will blame you. Yeah. And I don't tell people to leave anybody, but in that case I did because she said she feared for her life. Um, you know, obviously, but like, I don't like in, in readings, like, let's say you're just having issues with your husband or like, like that's marriage. Okay. Yeah. Like you, you try to work that out. Yeah. You know, obviously I don't give advice like that. I don't say you need to leave him or you need to have an affair or you need, I don't do that <laughs> at all. I'll, I'll actually tell people like, Hey, you're in purple bomb territory. Watch out. You know, like things like that. But, um, I think people have a misconception sometimes that just maybe from the spiritual community that I'm a con artist and, or that I'm trying to, and it really does hurt my feelings, but yeah, I've had people, that's, that's been scary. Yeah, not, not many. I don't no, think. I can um, count on one hand, count on one but hand. Yeah. enough stress and scared and like upset and like, Oh my God. Like, yeah, I think more in the beginning that happened. Now it doesn't happen. Yeah. Knock on wood yeah. because, um, it doesn't happen anymore right. because I think I just elevated the vibe yeah. a little bit too. Yeah, I remember you were on uh, Heather McDonald's uh, Juicy Scoop yes. podcast, and that has like a more snarky kind of audience. Yes, uh, I don't want to make you know fun of the audience or anything, but they're a little bit you know you know snarky a little bit. And yeah. I think there there was like some comments you just couldn't look at them or something. Yeah, when oh they, yeah, you yeah, know, a long time ago. But yeah, I don't recall. I mean, mostly it's me that people make fun of. I can handle like but, uh, certain comments, but just like when you when somebody's trying to say that I'm doing something for my own oh, yeah. benefit, or I'm trying, you know, or you know, that really really bothers me. Probably because it's just so not true, and I get upset. Yeah. Um. But yeah. All right. Last one. Yeah. This one's a lighthearted one. Okay. All right, Scott and MM. Hmm. What are your top three favorite states to visit and or live? Go Ooh. ahead. This is for you. Well, as listeners know, on my vision board, I do want to live in North Carolina. I've already picked out the place I want to live in. Built more yes. lakes. <laughs> Built more lakes if you want to comp me a house. <laughs> what? 
they're we, listening we, we, we totally. Can, I know they listen. No, like the, the manager does. The 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 rental manager does. For real? Guy, yeah. Oh. Yeah. I well I've been hounding him. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think his name is Charlie or something. And uh, so that would be one. I, I like, uh, you know where we have to really get back to? We have to get back to, we haven't been there a long time. We got to get back to the West. Yes. You know, the, you know, like Wyoming, Montana. Yeah, like it out uh, there. I love those states. Yeah. So if I could, there. if we can get back to Yellowstone. Uh, Yellowstone. Yeah. Yeah. The Grand Tetons. Uh, that's where I would want to go. Yeah. You like it out there. Yeah. A lot. I don't know if I want to live out there. I, I like. Because of winter. Because of winter. <laughs> And I am, you know, we, you know, we grew up on the East Coast, so I don't know. They kind of, well, you're like, guess, do you fit in? Yeah, is going back to my to cave. This is going back to the uh, you're having a cave syndrome. Cave issue. syndrome thing. I can only live on the East Coast. Um, yeah. Okay. So I would go the Western states. Yeah. What about you? Oh, Same I really want to go to Hawaii. Hawaii. Um, oh, okay. You know, tropical vacation. I'd like to go back to Alaska. Yeah, I'd like to go back to Alaska. Alaska's gorgeous. You would, just don't get it till yeah. you're there, and then you're like, "Wow, it's really beautiful." Would be, you'd be cool to drive from like Washington State to Alaska, like you know, that you, would up be the cool. Yukon. Can I don't you know. do that? Yeah, you can. You do should that. research that. I should take the kids. Yeah, take the kids. That'll be fun. Are there, That'll be a lot of fun. Is there, is there like there are places to eat along the way, right? It seems like that might be an unpopulated. I think you have drive. to get your own food. Really? Yeah. Okay. Like set, set traps and snares. And, no. Yeah. Bear hunt. Bear hunt. <laughs> Get your cheese, cheese birdie out and bear hunt. Bear hunt with the cheese birdie? Yeah. All right. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us today. This podcast is about you and for you. And we're so glad that you hung out with us today. If you want to be the most interesting person at the cocktail party, well, hop on over and listen to the Brain Candy Podcast. Our award-winning content will have you laughing while you're learning. We read all the best articles, books, and studies, and keep up with new TV shows, documentaries, and pop culture. And then we cram it all into two shows a week. Conspiracy theories, cannibal rabbits, unsolved mysteries, the history of the Walkman. There's something for everyone. The Brain Candy Podcast. Find our link in the show notes. Or simply search for the Brain Candy Podcast on your podcast app.